It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Friday. the time. It's a Tuesday. Some of you getting some light snow. Wind has calmed down a bit since yesterday. Thank God for that. It was windy enough yesterday. It flipped a small plane at the airport. Hang on. I'll explain. Today's show is sponsored by Squid Flavored Donuts, bringing the flavor of the ocean to your breakfast pastry. I can't wait for squid flavored donuts. Anyway, yeah, I have a whole article, and you can see a picture of the upside down plane. Hang on. Warning this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. So... Yesterday, yeah, the winds were really bad. I know there's some blowover trucks, of course. I was walking across the parking lot of a grocery store. I just picked up something real quick. And as I'm trying to get to my car, I take a step forward and the wind blows me a step back. Opening the front door of my house, I had wind blowing directly against it. And I had to really fight to pull the door into a position where I could turn the deadbolt. I mean, it was really bad yesterday in some parts of Wyoming as far as that wind is concerned. So at the airport in Natrona County, Casper, Wyoming area, here comes a Cessna 172. Now, if you're not familiar with that airplane, it's a four-seater, top wing. You've seen them before. You have seen them. They've got the two struts that come off the body up to hold, help hold up the wing, you know, fixed landing gear. It's a little four-seater airplane. This guy, insane as it may be, is coming in to land at the airport in that wind. Now, I can tell you, if it's windy out and the pilot's trying to land, hopefully the wind's going right up the middle of the runway, well, he can handle that. It's not so much how windy it is, it's how gusty it is. That's what really, and it was gusty yesterday. So I imagine this guy was fighting all the way down, which made me wonder, what is he even doing out here? I mean, as soon as I take a look at what the winds are for this area, if I were him, I would have never flown into the area. But all right, he makes the landing. But now he's got another problem. He has to taxi to where he's going to park. All right, so as he turns, that means he's turning sideways to the wind. He's not facing into the wind. With enough of a gust, even with the engine off, the airplane would lift up again with enough of a gust. Okay, that's not his problem now. He's sideways to the wind. And the airplane is a light airplane. This is not a big jet. This is a light airplane. So what? in case you didn't know, for pilots, when they steer on the ground, they steer with their feet. The pedals have two functions. The top of the pedals are differential brakes for the left and right main wheels, right? 
and then nose gear and rudder in the back are steering by the bottoms of the pedals. So that's how a pilot steers when he's on the ground. When the pilot turns sideways, he would take the yoke and turn it into the wind. In other words, he wants to drop the aileron. The idea is if a gust of wind gets underneath that wing and tries to flip it, because the aileron is turned down, the wing would push to the ground rather than lift up. But that's it, it, that only works with a certain amount of wind. When it gets to be too much wind, plane's going to flip no matter what. And so, yeah, the plane was picked up and flipped completely upside down. So now you imagine the, how the pilot's feeling after this happened. He's okay. There was nobody else in the plane, just the one guy. There's a picture. There's, you go to Wake Up My Own website. There's a, we have this story. There's a picture of the airplane upside down. Uh, damage done to the wing, of course, since the plane's upside down on it, and damage done to the rudder because the plane's upside down on it. The rest of the airplane's finally, you know, probably just okay. But that's how that can happen, and that's how windy it was yesterday. It just picked up that little airplane and went flip right there at the Casper Airport. All right. Today, oh, there's Jim. Yeah, I saw your note, Jim, on my Facebook page. What kind of an idiot would fly in that wind? Oh, what? Oh, that idiot. Yeah, I and I agree. When, when I looked at it, I guess it's not just a matter of me walking around in the, the wind yesterday like a lot of you were trying to drive. So let's say you're a pilot from outside of the area. And you're trying to fly. Now, this, uh, I looked at, Jim, I looked at the uh, tail number. The plane is registered to Midland, Texas. So I don't think he's a local guy. I didn't see anything about him being a local guy. So I picture he's just trying to fly cross-country for some reason, I guess. Okay, well, a lot of planes pass through Cheyenne and Casper and refuel on the way. But still, if you're piloting properly, you're supposed to be doing this thing called a weather briefing. And if you take a look at the winds for this part of Wyoming yesterday, any good pilot would have said, steer clear. Don't even. Just don't buy. I don't care if you have to get somewhere. Don't. It would be like a wall of wind from Colorado up to Montana telling you, you're not going through today. Just don't. But somehow this guy decided, well, I'm going to anyway. Well, do you think, Jim, that he learned his lesson? Or, or is he the level of stupid that would just go ahead and, you know, I guess insurance covers this? I don't know. If he can get his airplane fixed, that he's going to go out and try this again at some point. Because I would hope that, I mean, you really shouldn't ever have to learn that lesson, is my opinion. You should never have to learn that lesson. You should have learned it well before, I mean, the hard way. You should have learned it long time ago when getting the pilot's license. When you see those kinds of winds and you're in some little airplane, just don't. If you can't go around, then you're not going today. That's just the way that is. Same goes for truckers. Every so often I see highways being closed. There's those signs they have up above the highways here in Wyoming that say uh, the highways closed to high-profile vehicles. And yet, if I'm on that road at the time, I look around and I see a bunch of high-profile vehicles. 
And every so often, one of them is sideways or upside down in the ditch somewhere. And every so often, somebody who's pulling a pretty good-sized trailer, and they wind up in trouble in the ditch somewhere. And I look at this, and I think, guys, I know you want to get somewhere, but you got to take a look at your... You know, at your weather conditions and just decide, yeah, you know, I would really like to, but I'm just not going to do that today. Yeah, you're right, Jim. Jim sends me a note here saying the guy was the, with a pipeline company. I don't. So I guess I'm thinking, Jim, that's not his airplane. If he's with a pipeline company, I'm guessing he didn't own the airplane, but the company does, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Who, who knows? He might even be the owner of the company. I don't know. But to drivers out there, as well as pilots out there, you really need to be told this? This also goes with the say I've been on the highway, not intentionally. I've been out, and I know a lot of you have too, on either an interstate or back highway in Wyoming, and the weather's not doing what the forecast says. And all of a sudden, I'm caught in a blizzard, the highway's been closed, and yet I'm still out there stuck on it. And that's not what the forecast said it was going to do. So I'm, I'm very careful about that. But like some other people, I've been stuck in that on a couple of occasions. Now, my strategy when driving that is stay in the lane that's been paved if I'm on the interstate. And I allow myself to get caught behind as many big vehicles as I can because they're warming the road in front of me. And I don't care if we're going 25 miles an hour. Then there's always those idiots who say, well, the speed limit's 80. And they get into the unplowed lane, and they go tearing down the highway to 80 miles an hour. And we all see them further up the road in the ditch, hopefully not on their side. And you always got to wonder, what the hell is it with that mentality? Is that that macho mentality? I can handle it. Watch this. No, no, you, you can't. And you're just an idiot. You mind if we ask you a quick question? Sure, go ahead. What you got? doing a survey and we're asking people what would you do if somebody broke into your house with the intentions to rob and harm your family oh i'd call 811 811 you mean 911 no 811 because i'm gonna need to know where to dig a hole wake up glenn woods make your voice heard at 888 97 woods this is am 10 30 k2 radio Six twenty three is the time. Still some light snow coming down in my area anyway. Just depends on where you are. Forecast anyway was for that to end around 10 o'clock or so. We'll see. Because a lot of this is really squirrely weather. Don Day's extended forecast, 645, 745. I'm on air live with me. All right. This, I, I hate it when it goes through this kind of a process. So a little while ago, last week, I had a proposal for you that was made by a Wyoming representative, Steve Harshman, which involved property taxes. And the idea on its face sounded pretty good. I just wanted to iron out the details, make sure there's no devil in the details, right? And the idea would be that for people whose homes are worth a million dollars or less, well, no property taxes. Instead, we'll switch over to a 2% sales tax and... Since a good chunk of Wyoming sales taxes are collected from tourism, that really spreads that out. So a $0.02 sales tax on certain items would be enough to cover all of that. 
And I looked at it and thought, that's a pretty good idea because for a good number of Wyomingites, we could just get rid of property tax. I, I, I love that idea. That sounds like a good idea. But let's see. Again, devil's always in the details. All right. So this goes through the process of the House of Representatives. <clears throat> Here we go. From Cowboy State Daily. A blockbuster proposal that would have eliminated residential property taxes but 97% of Wyoming homeowners while hiking the state sales tax by just 2% was slashed significantly on its second reading in the House on Monday. I mean, they really put this sucker through the ringer. House Bill 203, if you want to read it, originally drafted 203, as I just explained, homes that were a million dollars or less would be a, just have no property tax. Now, homes that were above a million dollars would still see some relief, but not the total no property tax, right? So on Monday, Dan Zonwitzer, Republican Cheyenne, successfully passed an amendment lowering the deferral to $200,000, substantially reducing the number of homes that would have their property taxes completely eliminated. Now, again, that means if your home is above $200,000, that doesn't mean that you don't get some relief. You would, but not total relief. You still have to pay some property taxes. His amendment also reduced the increase of the sales tax from 2% to 1%. He argued that his amendment, which he described as the Goldilocks vision, would provide an appropriate middle ground where property tax revenues are not totally replaced so we're not putting property taxes at total risk. And homeowners still get a break. He said this would significantly relieve property taxes while crossing it over with the sales tax. He said, I think it's a good intermediate step to consider what we can do to help everybody out with increasing property taxes. Now, although many members of the Wyoming Freedom Caucus in that were in favor of the entire reduction were less keen to support this slashing, which is by about 80%. Quote, we're still increasing sales tax by one cent, which does bring in a lot of tax revenue. Still, said Ben Horak, a Republican of Cheyenne, Representative Janet Ward uh, went the other way, proposing an amendment that would have locked in the $1 million exemption through 2034. That amendment failed. Now, there, was, there were also other amendments Monday that delayed implementation of this bill with a start date of 2025 and a sunset date of 2027. The bill, uh, so, I'm sorry, Representative Bill Alban, Republican Midwest, spoke against the delay in implementation uh, for this relief. You know, in other words, we have this problem now. Why not offer people some relief right now with this thing? Harshman said he wasn't opposed to a delay rolled out, but warned that too much could change in the legislature in the next election cycle. He said, I want to keep working on this rather than kicking it down the road. They've got like two weeks left on this legislative session, so they better get a move on. Representative Tony Locke, Republican Casper, unsuccessfully proposed an amendment adding outbuildings like detached garages and sheds and so on to the tax exemption. <clears throat> Attached garages already included. See, this is where I look at it and say, don't overcomplicate this. Just make it people's property. 
rather than but but this outbuilding but that shed and when you get into all of that you get into the weeds but that's where we are i think they've taken in my opinion taken what could have been a really good idea and they've watered it down a bit much we'll see what the house of well that's the house we'll see what the senate does with this idea then the two have to reconcile and bring it together so not even sure that this will get passed in this session again they have two weeks left let's see what they can do with it it is a unique idea though coming up on local news update on your weather forecast after that let's wake up wyoming Friday. If it's happening in Wyoming, it's on Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods from K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Six the time it's wake up Wyoming. Well, morning, Chet. Chet Genyoder sent me some notes here. So one more thing on the property tax bill, and I'll probably bring it up again later this morning for those people who join later in the program. So here's the idea of the original bill. For about 97% of the people in Wyoming, you don't pay property taxes if your home is a uh, million dollars or less. Now, if your home is a million dollars or above, the bill still provides some relief, just not total. All right, well, we make up for that by paying a sales tax. And since we have so many tourists that come to Wyoming every single year, well, they will pay a good chunk of that because, you know, almost 600,000 people now in the state of Wyoming. Not quite, 580-something, but still, how many of them are actually taxed? Or how many actually purchased? Get a bigger kids, stuff like that. So the tourist trade really does help a lot in that, and it certainly makes up for it. The state would collect the sales tax money and send it to the counties. Boom, done. And it really helps with the idea of you now totally own your home. You're not renting your home by having to pay a property tax on it. Well, this new deal, the way they're working it out is, well, you're still going to have a property tax. This just provides some relief by pushing some of it over to a sales tax. Ah, okay. But then they start getting into the weeds as they try to figure out what about outbuildings? What about garages? What about sheds? What about... And this is what makes it complicated. Now, my original argument in favor of this bill was, and this is why I wanted to look at it to see if it was okay, if there was any problems. Some time ago, some years ago, I was in Campbell County, Wyoming, and I was talking to someone who was hired as a tax assessor to go around and take a look at people's property and figure out how much they should be paying in property tax. And I asked him, how does this work? How does the system work? Well, he tries explaining it to me. And at first he's doing pretty good. But the longer he goes, the deeper he goes into it, the more into the weeds he gets. Eventually, he starts confusing himself and he has to admit he doesn't totally understand it. He just has uh, numbers he has to collect. He plugs those numbers in, and a computer program spits out how much property tax you owe. And yes, it can be very subjective. So as time went on, I had a chance to talk to a, a guy with the same job in Laramie County and a guy with the same job in Natrona County, and they all did the same thing. 
they started off really good explaining the property tax system, how it worked, how you're appraised. But they always got into the weeds and always ended up saying, you know, I don't totally understand it. Well, if the people who assess your property don't understand the system, if the lawmakers who created it don't understand the system, then we need to get rid of the system. What I like about the sales tax idea in lieu of a property tax is it's this simple. If you go off and buy a shirt, 2% of that sales goes to what you need for your county. Plowing the roads, schools, things like that, right? 2% of that goes to county expenditures. Now, that's easy to understand. You purchase something, 2% goes to your county. Done. That's it. What is there to figure out? Not a damn thing, really. So, in that case, I'm in favor of it because it's just such a simple way of doing this. Again, we just have to make sure to iron out the details. But, of course, as your House of Representatives gets a hold of the bill and starts going through it and starts to water it down, they wind up with a more complicated system again, putting them right back where they started from. Which is, at this point, I'm looking at the bill going, okay, guys, I don't like what you're doing with this. You started off great. Morning, John. Idy John in Granite Canyon. It's morning, Glenn. Zawitzer is a typical Wyoming Democrat with an R by his name. He is in the pocket of the teachers' union. Red and Casper, my single-family home, uh, most single-family homes are well over 200,000. seems like the government is winning. They still tax most homes, and now they get a 1% sales tax increase. I wonder who gets to spend the extra money. Well, I don't know that there would be extra money in this um, because your home tax would be less. Even if your house is above $200,000 under this bill, you still get some relief from that. Not 100%, but you still get some relief from this. Even if your home is $2 million, you get some relief. Not 100%, you still have a property tax, but it would be less in lieu of the 1%. So the idea that there's going to be a whole lot of extra money, maybe, maybe not. We'll have to see about that. Then there's the idea we need this kind of tax relief like now. In some areas, people are running the risk of losing their homes right now. But they want to start this program, what, 2027? If it's a good idea, why the wait? 642, wake up when... He's talking to himself in a padded room. And you could be the voice in his head. Join the conversation on Wake Up Wyoming, 866-97-WOODS. 6.48 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino is over there. So, uh, Frank, I'm getting reaction from people for this idea of making an armadillo salad sandwich. Uh, armadillo, to mm. me, yeah. just tastes like chicken. Have you tried it? No. Okay. But it's got to taste like chicken. My sister said the same. Yeah, my sister said the same thing. Did you watch the movie The Matrix? No. no. Okay. Or parts of it, yes. In the movie The Matrix, they theorize that the robots who are controlled in our minds 
didn't know what anything tasted like, so they made it all taste like chicken. <laughs> <clears throat> but okay, this is a product of the Palatka, Florida, pure Florida armadillo. Uh, they, they make something else. It's an armadillo here, farm? Yeah, uh, it's pure sun dried armadillo. So it baked in the sun. Oh, so they baked it in the Florida sun. Run over by a, a truck eight miles west of the pulpwood mill in Palatka, Florida. It says on the can. It looks like a tuna fish can. Yeah. Not over 20% hair in the can, gravel and foreign matter as well, which to me just adds flavor and texture. Well, it makes it crunchy. Sure, sure. You know, and the extra hair you can use for flossing when you're done. Well, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. And, and what is the price of this this high Gosh, I this don't delicacy know. that I've never heard? I of. will have to go. I tell you what, while you're while you're doing sports over there, I'll go ahead and take a, a look at what the price could possibly be. But I'm thinking since it's the size of a can of tuna, okay, two bucks, so, okay. three bucks, maybe something like that. But then you know they didn't really have to do much work to go get it. No, because smash in, it in to, the can. Yeah, yeah. To get tuna, you have to go out into the ocean. With this thing... It's right on the road. Yeah, it's right there. You just scrape and can it, and then you're good. They don't even bother to get out things like the gravel and the hair. So I'm expecting this. This ought to be like a dollar a can okay. at the very least. Does, does the FDA know about this? I would bet no. Okay. Yeah. I think maybe should somebody say, hey, uh, by the way, we're selling <laughs> yeah, armadillo yeah. hair. Uh, yeah. Can we just put up a sign that says, buyer beware? I mean, in other words, <laughs> if you're stupid enough to pop open this can, mix it with some mayonnaise and celery, and go ahead and serve it up on some bread, which I would do to my worst enemies, never to myself or to my family, then you go right ahead. I'm thinking more like a stew kind of That thing. would be kind of, yeah, okay. All right, men's college basketball. The Wyoming Cowboys at home tonight in Laramie to host UNLV. The folks are coming off a 20-point home loss to Boise State on Saturday, so they are driving on the Boulevard of Mediocrity at 13 and 14 overall, 6 and 8 in Mountain West play. UW is last in the Mountain West in defense, allowing 75 points per game this season. Opponents are shooting 46% from the floor. That's ninth out of 11 teams. UNLV comes into tonight's game with a record of 16 and 10 overall, 9 and 5 in league play. And the Rebels have won seven of the last eight, so we'll see how it goes tonight for the double A. It is a 7 p.m. start. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY and Laramie. Wyoming well, Cowgirls with a road game tomorrow night at San Jose State. The Cowgirls have lost four in a row after an overtime defeat to New Mexico on Saturday. So they're 14 and 12 overall, 9 and 6 in Mountain West play. The Cowgirls' only chance really to make the NCAA tournament is to win the Mountain West Conference tournament. After that, there's not one but two postseason tournaments for the ladies after the NCAAs. They have the WNIT that has 48 teams and the NCAA sponsored. Women's Basketball Invitational Tournament, which will have 32. So there's plenty of room for the Cowgirls and everyone else in postseason play. That's an 8 p.m. tip-off tomorrow from San Jose. Boys High School Basketball from Friday in 4A. Laramie over Cheyenne South, 77-51. Cheyenne Central at Cheyenne East, 78-72. Sheridan dipped the Trona, 53-51. And in, also in 4A on Saturday, Rock Springs beat Kelly Wall, 60-53. The 4A and 3A Regional Basketball Tournaments for the high schoolers start on Thursday. The 4A West will be in Green River with Kelly Walls meeting Star Valley at noon on Thursday. The 4A East will be in Sheridan and Cheyenne Central plays Campbell County at noon on Thursday, followed by Natrona and Cheyenne East at 1.30. Sheridan and Cheyenne South at 6.30 and Laramie will play Thunder Basin at 8 p.m. There's five good teams in the East and just four will make the state tournament. In 3A, Glen Rock will be in the East Regional in Rollins and play Rollins in the opening round on Thursday coming on Thursday at noon. State High School Indoor Track and Field Meet will be Friday and Saturday in Gillette. This will be a huge, huge event and the 4A and 3A schools will compete 
repeat uh, separately in classifications for the second straight year. And that's it in sports. So uh, some of these cans, depends on where you buy it from, they're trying to sell, and they're the size of tuna cans. They're trying to yeah. sell it for like two, three bucks. Okay, that's, yeah. not, that's not bad. Okay, but my thought is that's still too much because you're, you're just scraping it off the road. They're, you're not even getting rid of all of the gravel or the hair. Now, I know they take better care of tuna than they do the armadillo, so why am I paying more? Well, you give it to the dog. Oh, I mean, you can yeah. get the gravel okay. out of here yourself, and the dog yes. can have the rest. The dog, you know, I, I hadn't thought about that. If you buy this as dog food, the dog will love you because it's just disgustingly smelly. Yeah, it probably tastes horrible, and they'll devour it. Oh my lord, the dog will. Because when you try to feed the dog something that you like, the For dog you. tends not to like it. Oh, you never know. Yeah. Well, sometimes the dog just wants to eat it because you're eating it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business that we got to take care of. I got to roll into news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast. Morning, AC. He's in Hillsboro. I'll answer your note in just a moment here. At 888-97, what's the phone number? That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Wake up, Wyoming. Six of time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. This is turning out to be a really interesting morning as far as stories go. Have a look at the Wake Up Wyoming site. I'm sure Miss Mary will alert it out later this morning. But uh, yesterday, because of heavy winds, a small airplane, the Cessna 172, was trying to taxi at the Casper and Trona County Airport after it landed in heavy winds. It shouldn't have been up there in those winds. And as it turned, it caught wind from the side and flipped upside down. The pilot was the only person in the airplane. He's okay. Pictures and explanations of that is on the Wake Up Wyoming site this morning. And again, Miss Mary will go ahead and answer that. Also, the uh, discussion, and I'll get more into it as I know more details, that idea for property tax in Wyoming where we wouldn't have property tax for people whose homes were a million dollars or under in lieu of a 2% sales tax. Okay. But now they've watered that down to, well, only people whose homes are $200,000 or less would have no property tax in lieu of a 1% sales tax. But remember, anyone whose home is above $200,000, you still get a big tax break on your property taxes. So it's not like they're adding just a 1% sales tax on top of it. You know, you still, everybody's home. I don't care if your home's worth $2 million you still get a big tax break on that. And then the 1% sales tax. So they're just trying to shift it over, which I think the original idea was better. When they get into this new idea, it's it's making it more of a complicated mess. I, I, don't, I don't like where they're going with this. But all right, hang on. Some more out of your legislative body. Today's show is sponsored by Squid Flavored Donuts. Bringing the flavor of the ocean to your breakfast pastry. And it smells like old dead squid, too. Mmm, delicious. Okay, so 
Wyoming legislators, this is from Cowboy State Daily, already uh, taking special session over $1 billion budget rift. Okay, so here's the deal. With the, the, and this is from the story. With the Wyoming House and Senate versions of the state's biennial budget about $1 billion apart, some lawmakers at the House Appropriations Committee on Monday are already contemplating a special session to hammer it out. Their budget ideas in both the House and Senate are above the governor's budget ideas. I don't, again, I don't like where they're going with this. Sitting at uh, two weeks to go in the session, they have two weeks to hammer everything out. With many opportunities still remaining for budget negotiations, well, uh, Representative Clark Sith, Republican Rock Springs, confirmed with Cowboy State Daily, asking about a se- special session at this point. Not unusual. It has been offered up before. The chambers technically are about a billion dollars apart on spending. But Sis said he views the $251 million less the Senate dictated toward it, let me see, uh, dedicated toward a particular savings account as a spending measure. Representative Landon Brown of Cheyenne said ex, uh, exceptions for a special session well, it started even before the legis- the whole conversation about it started before the whole lo- legislative convened in 2024. So in other words, what he's saying is before they even started this session, they were thinking we might need a special session. Okay, so what's next? Uh, there was somewhat of a pessimistic, pessimistic uh, tone overshadowing Monday's committee meetings, particularly centered around whether the House and Senate could finally work out a uh, middle ground for the biennial budget. The story says a handful of legislators called, told Cowboy State Daily they could not remember a time when the House and Senate were so far apart in the budget process. Again, about a billion dollars apart. So do they have a special session or not is the gist of the story. I don't know. What I still don't like about this is, all right, we have uh, the governor's budget, which I already already thought was too much because of a lot of things that Wyoming is going to spend money on that I don't think a state should be spending money on. You don't mean more of the libertarian guy. I would take a red pen and just start slashing all sorts of things in that budget that I don't believe are the role, proper role of government. Even, and I don't know where this is, I'd like to find out whatever happened to it. I haven't heard anything about it, which means maybe nothing. But remember I told you that there's a shooting range that was offered up by one representative that would be Olympic level for international competitions. And every so often when I bring that up, people say, but I have a shooting range in my county. Oh, no, not not on this level you don't. This is like Olympic-level stuff. And when I ask this gentleman who would pay for this, well, primarily the state. Okay, see, this is what I'm talking about. No. If you want to do something like that, go get some private money to do it. But there's a lot of other things. The budget for the University of Wyoming far as I'm concerned, shouldn't exist because the University of Wyoming, between sports and tuitions, and they also get all sorts of projects from the federal government, they should be making enough money. There's a lot there that can be cut at UW. And I can go on and on like this. There's all sorts of things that I would just go, don't do this. Carbon sequestration, et cetera, et cetera. Just get out of it. And that could save just a ton of money. But not only was the governor's budget bigger than I would have it, and yes, I would cut for schools because our schools are still heavy in bureaucracy. 
Every time someone says cut schools, oh my God, you want the children to go uneducated? How? No, 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 no. Not for the classroom, but for the school bureaucracy, which is not needed. A lot of that could get cut. But instead, the governor's budget, which I thought was too much, and the House and Senate have gone over that, over top of that. And now they got to figure out there's a billion dollars difference between the two, the House and the Senate. How about erring on the side of less spending instead of more spending? How about that? That would be a great idea for these guys. But once again, I don't even know we have more, I would say, true conservatives in the Wyoming House and Senate. From my perspective, than we've had in a while. Still, though, it doesn't seem to be enough with the number of people that I come across who are spenders in the state of Wyoming and want to grow government for all sorts of various reasons. They see government as a solution to solve all sorts of problems rather than the private sector. Which again, if you're a true conservative, you understand that government creates more problems than it solves. You would want to shrink and simplify government, not grow it. But then you also have to blame, and I talked about this yesterday, the people of Wyoming who constantly go to our legislators with their handout and government needs to, government needs to, government needs to. Yeah, it's a constant wish list of things the government, they think, needs to do. Somebody wants uh, high-speed broadband internet for their community? Well, the government needs to bring it in. Every time they see something that's a want or a need, and there's a big difference between a want and a need here, but as they see it, everything's a need to people out there. Well, then our government needs to, and they go looking for that government money. And that's part of what drives the problem. And there's not enough, in my opinion, of people stepping up and saying, that's enough of this. Even in good times, let's cut. Honestly, let's cut this way back. Government should be as little of a burden on the people as it can possibly be. I just saw a bumper sticker that said, I'm a veterinarian. I drive like an animal. And I thought there's an awful lot of proctologists on the road. This program is intended for immature audiences only. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Weekdays at 6 on air on Alexa and 24-7 on the Wake Up Wyoming app. 7.20 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Uh, man in Cheyenne and Doug Randall is going to have the legislative update around 7.39. Right after that live conversation with Don Day about the weather forecast. So thanks to 70s Boomer for sending me this. I want to go ahead and read some of this on the air. This is actually kind of interesting. This is a newspaper, okay? And I think it's a Colorado newspaper, but here's what it reads. Colorado, Wyoming Climate Resilience Engine wins inaugural award. Oh, that can't be good, okay. U.S. National Science Foundation last month announced the Colorado, Wyoming Climate Resilience Engine, CoY engine, is an, uh, a regional, let me see, okay, I, let me get down to the meat of this here. The engine initially will receive up to about $15 million for the next two years, totaling about $160 million over the next 10 years. The engine is a groundbreaking initiative focused on driving innovation in climate resiliency, which will catalyze a series of significant outcomes. 
to reshape the landscape of reliable climate technologies and economic development in Colorado and Wyoming. The two states have been, you're going to love this. If you thought that was bad enough and vague enough, by the way, then there's this. The two states that have grappled with two decades of environmental challenges, such as aerification, extreme weather events. Okay, so, you know, that stuff never happened until the past two decades, right? Yeah, weather events like that never happened. Bad weather never happened until the past couple of decades, I'm sure. It's not like Wyoming was once under an ocean or Wyoming was once, or in Colorado for that matter, were once basically swamps. We have found crocodile bones, by the way. Not like Wyoming's ever been under a mile of ice or been a dry, sandy desert like Iraq. That's never, no. no. In fact, did you know the world was in black and white and co- until color was invented in the 1970s, then people started to see in color for the first time. So this whole idea that the two states have been grappling with two decades of environmental challenge. There's always been environmental challenges. Since when hasn't there been? But all right, reading on. The engine led by, let me see, Innosphere Ventures will drive the development of commercialized innovative solutions to support communities to monitor and mitigate and adapt to climate impacts according to a news release. The engine will focus on the development of commercialized and commercializing of advanced climate resilient technologies spanning from environmental monitoring to predictive analytics. Okay, so I was wondering this whole time, what exactly are they talking about here? Oh, so you're just talking about monitoring, you know, like weathermen do? By focusing on innovative solutions in areas such as wildfire mitigation, water resource management, we already do that. And we would do better if we could log more. Soil carbon capture, earth sensing, methane, sustainable agriculture, adaptation to extreme weather events. The engine will resolve, will revolutionize how we predict, mitigate, and adapt to climate impacts. Now, again, what I think is hysterical about that whole article is not only is it really vague. I mean, that was completely vague. But it, I had to get way down into the article. What the heck is this engine thing? Well, they're talking about doing stuff that people have always done, even before the whole cult of climate change came along. People always did this, and not just on a national. We didn't need government to do it. Farmers and ranchers are constantly monitoring and watching changing weather because it affects what they do. In order to be farmers and ranchers, they have to understand, well, this year is going to be a little bit drier. Well, this year is going to be a little bit wetter. Oh, look, we're going to have a tough winter. Oops, winter almost didn't happen this time. They, and they have to sort of just move and flow with it because that's what weather does. Weather doesn't stay the same. I've been saying this for quite a bit in the past couple of years. When it comes to weather, there is no such thing as it's supposed to. I've heard people who will take a look at the weather app on their phone and say, I didn't know it was supposed to rain today, but it rained. Well, there is no supposed to. It may or may not rain according to the forecast. The forecasters may have gotten it right. They may not have gotten it right. Or for that matter, it's October. Therefore, the temperature is supposed to be in the 70s. No, 
There is no supposed to there. Some Octobers are warmer, some are cooler. Some are wetter, some are drier. It doesn't stay the same. We're supposed to get a certain amount of snow on the mountaintops every winter. No, we're not. That changes a lot, constantly. Not just over the years, but over the decades and over the centuries and et cetera, et cetera. As I mentioned, there was a time when this planet didn't even have any polar ice caps. That's happened several times. Then there's the last ice age, right? which you're still in, by the way. The last ice age has not come to a complete end yet. We're still ending the last ice age. So as people say, well, things are getting warmer and drier. Yeah, I know that's been happening for a very long time. I read an article from uh, Wyoming, I think it was National Public Media, actually, you know, so PBS. And they were saying, well, the western states are they're getting drier. In fact, if you go to Utah, you know, Utah used to be pretty much just one big lake. And it's been drying up for thousands of years. It still continues to this day. So, yeah, that's all just part of the natural process. So when human beings arrive in the area, in order for human beings to survive, what they have to do is what's mentioned here. They're acting like this is a big deal. We got some climate engine out there and we're going to be monitoring all this stuff like people have been doing since they moved out here. Yeah. I mean, especially if you're going to work in the outdoors uh, ranching and farming is two that I've named, but there's other things that people do in working outdoors where they have to monitor what the weather situation is going to be and try to find any kind of trends because, some, again, some years are wetter or drier or hotter or colder, and it can be all sorts of different extremes out there. These things just happen. And in order to know how to roll with it, which is what we have to do, we can't control it. You can't just dial back the CO2 and get stable weather. It doesn't work that. If that's what you think will happen, if we just dial back the amount of CO2, the weather will stabilize. If that's what you think, then you know nothing about weather. You have never studied weather if that's what you think. Weather gets very complicated, and there's so much that we still don't understand about it. Meteorologists and climatologists have learned a lot about weather, but they also understand that they don't understand most of it. All of the different causes for things to change, weather events to change, are still being discovered, which is why our own Don Day will even tell you. No, when you take a look at the forecast on your app or wherever you're getting it from, don't even bother with the 10-day forecast. It's, I mean, you can look at it as a reference, but that's not what's going to happen. In fact, he even sort of hesitates on the five-day forecast. Because that's how unreliable weather prediction can be. So the idea that we know what the trends are going to be 50 or 100 years from now, we don't know. No. All right. Thanks for sending that to me. I thought that was an illuminating article. And again, shows you the far left cult of climate change tilt in articles like that. Coming up on 730 local news coming your way right after local news update on the weather forecast. Your legislative report with our man in Cheyenne, Doug Randall, is right after that. I mean, you and me, then that happens. Don Day, speaking of weathermen, is on with us at 745 to give the weather for today throughout the next few days as a lot changes. It's gotten really squirrely, but it's that time of year. Let's wake up Wyoming.
Friday. Glenn Woods, he talks to you, not at you. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio. 736 of the time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. So I was sent this, which I'm going to read to you. From a bulletin board at the University of Wyoming, where there's a lot of uh, flyers that people put up there for all sorts of different events. People like to get involved in many different kinds of fun events. Like, here's one. Uh, there's a party that they're having, and one of the categories at the party, dress up as your favorite book or movie character, and refreshments are available, light food, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Here's one. Wyoming Young Communist League. Yeah, I'm reading that correctly. Wyoming Young Communist League, which of course makes me wonder: is that a joke, or are they going? I hope they're going to teach the horrors of communism. But okay, <clears throat> so here's a picture of Lenin. Want to know more about communism? Join us for our educational meeting every Friday from three to four p.m. at the Union Room three fifteen. During these meetings, we discuss readings on communist theory and talk about the applications and how to implement it in today's world and on campus. Oh, okay. So, in other words, you want uh, mass poverty and starvation under a police state with uh, slavery and mass graves. Got it. That's what you're advocating. All right. Our goals on campus. Oh, they have goals on campus. Okay. By the way, this is a really good-looking flyer. It's really well done. So, let's see. Student organization approved. Okay, our goals on campus. Working with other campus groups to promote equality and fight transphobia on campus. Now, by the way, uh, equality, according to communism, means everybody suffers. Promoting education on communist theory about the goals and priorities of communism. Well, as I said, uh, police state, slave state, and starvation and punishment, you know, torture chambers and mass graves. Uh, being active on in campus politics and staying informed about activities and encourage national and international workers' solidarity efforts. Okay. And it's the Wyoming Young Communist League. I am hoping that if you go to one of these meetings, there's like three people at most that attend something like this. And, of course, they would be just the biggest idiots on campus, but okay. Covering world-ending catastrophes for years to come, it's Wake Up Wyoming. Bureaucrats of America. Are you a bureaucrat? We would like to invite you to register with the Hometown International Bureaucratic Information and Justification Institute for the Bureau of Internal Symposium, or EBGBs for short. EBGBs invites you to this one or three-day symposium, depending if our three-day internal certification is renewed, we will have an exciting lineup planned. Health and Human Services Director Kathleen Sebelius, former IRS Manager Lois Lerner, and former Head of the EPA Lisa Jackson. Registration is easy. Yes, just go to Hometown International Bureaucratic Information and Justification Institute for the Bureau of Internal Symposiums. Dot com and click register now. No, not now, but when you get there, click the word now, but not yet. You'll be directed to a site requesting you to fill out a small 12-page application. This application gives you the ABGV's information and authorizes you to print off a short 37-page registration form. After registration. 
reliable-ish, hardworking from 10 to 3, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. They are the American bureaucrat because the engine that was America's progress and success was running a little too fast and efficient. Who knows where all of this innovation and success was going. So for the good of the nation, somebody needed to slow it down. It took a lot of paper to jam up those gears of progress, but no one knows paper like the bureaucrat. And America was too rich compared to the rest of the world. Can't have that. No one knows how to make your money disappear like the proud men and women of the American bureaucracy. So, America, take all your great ideas and big dreams and flush them. And if you find your dreams coming true, don't worry. The American bureaucracy has a ton of paperwork and a line for you to stand in. Seven forty-four is the time, a little bit early, but sliding in here with Don Day from Day Weather. So, all right, Don, I sent you a little bit of a link, an airplane upside down at the Casper Airport due to all those winds. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it, an airplane dance yesterday. Yeah, well, the, this was a guy who had landed successfully in all of that wind. Although I don't know what he was doing, flying a little four-seater Cessna in all that wind, and then he turned to taxi. And the wind got underneath the wind fr wing from the side and flipped him upside down. So we oh had, my goodness! Yeah, we had to. He's okay, but we had some pretty good gusts up here. Now that calmed down because I was finally able to get some sleep last night because the wind stopped. <laughs> but I woke up this morning to a little bit of snow. Yeah, the the front that came through did produce. Uh, it depends on where you are, but the history of the front is about one to four inches. Most areas about an inch or so, couple three is very common. It was heavier up north as we were talking about, but the most of the snow's done. Now there's gonna be snow showers and flurries off and on through the rest of the day, but the accumulating type snow's done. It's gonna be cold and I'm afraid to say, Glenn, later today and then tomorrow the winds are gonna pick up. Okay. Now when I take a look at as the week goes on, this is really a back and forth. That's why I said earlier on Monday, the weather basically has lost its mind. But that's typical for this time of year, isn't it? We get a good shot of cold. We get a lot of wind and some warmth. And here's, it's like a transition period. Well, it is. Transition periods, number one, are always windy. That's why some of our bigger windy periods are when we go to fall to winter. And then we go to the end of winter and we start looking towards that spring time frame. The winds aloft are still very strong, and we're all noticing the days are getting longer, and that's starting to have an impact, starting to sort of readjust the weather pattern. I think the first day, what we call meteorological spring, is actually uh, only about 10 days or so away. Mm -hmm. And so we're just into that time of year where when you're in transition, the weather gets more windy, and you have a lot more of the pendulum going back and forth. So pendulum has swung to cold we're going to go back to some warmer weather by the end of the week but over the weekend late the weekend and early next week we're going to see some colder unsettled weather come back in and that's how it's going to go well into march okay three or four days of one pattern two or three days of another i know we've, co we've covered this before but i know this certainly does help the high country well, yeah, 15 inches of new snow at the Jacksonville Ski Area. Snowy range picked up another seven inches. I don't have any reports yet out of the Bighorns, but I'm sure that, you know, they're they're in the eight to 12 inch range or more out of the storm. So this is a good pattern for the snowpack. And this is when the snowpack really, these are the snowpack months, March and April. Uh, 
as we get into late February, this is when when when, when we put the the water bank put the mm-hmm. money in the water bank. These are the, the weeks ahead that are the most important. Okay, so now for those people who are living more out in the Plains areas, I know they are getting some light of this. Are they yet getting enough, or do you think they will? You, you mean out... Uh, yeah, just east of us, you, yeah, out in the flat. Well, land. yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the Plains, the Plains are, tend to, at the same time as these bigger March and April storms come through, mm-hmm. That's when you tend to get the slower moving, bigger storm systems. And so that's something that I see early next week. Okay. Some areas out into the plains having some better chances of snow. Now, on that note, and I just uh, going to toss this out so you can give people a little bit of caution here. I know I was looking at this weekend thinking, well, according to the forecast, then I stopped myself because we're far enough out for the weekend that I'm not trusting that forecast. And as well, you should. Yeah, I would not. I would not trust it. This is going to be one of those weekends where we're going to have to kind of slice the state up in sections because yeah. one part of Wyoming is going to have different weather this weekend than another one. All right, Don Day, thank you, appreciate it. So well, there you go. Yeah, it's been um, really interesting. Off we go to the ice box to talk to Frank Gambino. Did you see the story, Frank, about the plane that got flipped upside down? Well, I didn't know that he was just taxiing. I mean, yeah. But but here's the other thing too: is that all right? So he's in the air, and there's all these winds. Like all right, he needs to get on the ground somewhere. Yeah. So, I mean, if Casper is the closest airport, then he needs to get on the ground. Here's my take on it: looking at where he was coming from, he's from out of state, he's from Texas. He should have never flown into the area because there's enough winds far out not just in you know Casper where he landed, but out and around the area that he should have never flown into it. But okay. I, I had heard that yeah. many years ago, I mean, the, in, in aviation, the, the, the windiest section for aviation is between actually Casper and Denver. Yes, exactly. And this is where in talking with Don Day about this, it's because of all the mountain ranges we have, that pressure has to go somewhere, says Don. And it's like putting your thumb over the end of a garden hose. And so that's what causes all of that. So, okay, this guy comes into Casper. Now, I can tell you from experience, it's not so much that it's windy, because I've landed in very windy. It's the gust factor. And that was, as you know, really bad yesterday. But oh. he, he managed to get a little four-seater airplane down. Now, here's where he comes into the next problem. He's got to turn onto the taxiway. So now the airplane is coming from the side, which can lift the wing. And did. Yes. Now, what a pilot will do... Now, I don't know if you know this, Frank. When pilots are on the ground, they steer with their feet. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, the pedals do two things. The bottom of the pedals are the nose wheel and the big rudder on the tail. Mm -hmm. The top of the pedals are differential brakes for the back tires. Gotcha. And that's how he steers. Okay. But when he turns and the wind's coming from the side... He'll turn the yoke so the wing drops into the wind. That way, when if the wind hits the wing, theoretically, it should push the wing down, not up. But not with gusts like yesterday. No. So this guy ends up upside down. <clears throat> Thank God he's, he's okay. He was the only person in the airplane. But every single pilot friend that I have across this area was asking the question, the hell was he doing up there? <laughs> Why in the world would he be out? Maybe he was going yeah. somewhere else I and had to, they had to land. I a lot know. of people pass through. Yeah. Now, I do know that for those people who wonder the big airplanes that are taking here, you know, with multiple passengers and so on, they're so heavy, they don't have to worry about wind. I don't know. So. My brother's commercial pilot. He was far more worried about wind than rain. Oh, really? Yeah. And, well. and snow. Far more. 
Men's College basketball, the Wyoming Cowboys at home tonight in Laramie to host UNLV. The Pokes are coming off a 20-point home loss to Boise State on Saturday. So they're driving right on the boulevard of mediocrity, 13-14 and 14 overall, 6-8 and eight in Mountain West play. UW is last in the Mountain West in defense, allowing 75 points a game this season, and opponents are shooting 46% from the floor. They're ranks ninth out of 11 teams. And UNLV comes into tonight's game with a record of 16-10 and 10 overall, 9-5 and five in league play. Rebels have won seven of the last eight, and we'll see how the game goes tonight at the double A. That's the 7 p.m. start. We'll have that for you on KG Radio and Casper and KCGY and Laramie. The Wyoming Cowgirls will be on the road tomorrow at San Jose State. The Cowgirls have lost four in a row after an overtime defeat to New Mexico on Saturday, so they're 14-12 and 12 overall, 9-6 and six in Mountain West playing. Cowgirls' only chance at the NCAA tournament now is just to win the Mountain West tournament. After that, there's not one but two postseason tournaments after the NCAAs. The WNIT, which will have 48 teams, and the new NCAA-sponsored Women's Basketball Invitational Tournament, which will have 32. So there's plenty of room for the Cowgirls in postseason play. That'll be an 8 p.m. start tonight, uh, tomorrow night, excuse me, from San Jose. Boys High School Basketball from Friday in 4A, Laramie over Cheyenne South, 77-51. Cheyenne Central at Cheyenne East, 78-72. Sheridan dip Natrona, 53-51. And in 4A on Saturday, Rock Springs over Keller Wall, 60-53. The 4A and 3A Regional High School Basketball Tournaments will start on Thursday. The 4A West will be in Green River, and Keller Walls will meet Star Valley in the opening round on noon on Thursday. The 4A East will be in Sheridan, and in the opening round Cheyenne Central plays Campbell County at noon, followed by Natronans East at 1.30, Sheridan South at 6.30, Laramie will play Thunder Basin at 8 all on Thursday. There's five good teams in the East, and only four is going to make the state tournament. In 3A, Glen Rock will be in the East Regional in Rollins and play Rollins in the opening round at noon on Thursday. The State High School Indoor Track and Field Meet will be Friday and Saturday at the Campbell County Rec Center in Gillette. This is a huge, huge, huge event with 3A and 4A schools competing separately for the second straight year and that's it in sports okay boy again that's just a lot going on oh yeah well we'll, we'll make it but when does i i lose track when does all the high school sports wrap up what it'll be this weekend is very busy with the 1a and 2a okay. high school basketball tournament in casper and 3a and 4a regionals around the state and state track this weekend then the following week we'll have the state 3a and 4a state basketball tournament in casper also so next two weeks oh next six okay so you're going to be really but at, at least this weekend you're going to be in town again sounds like and, and next week too so oh, nice. I don't I don't well I hope I hope okay. I'll be you know never you, never know with get, the wind where it yeah. get to sleep in your own bed your yeah. cat is not lonely no 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 what no, do you do no. with your cat when you're out of town it, it, it just chills out oh okay yeah you cat cat take her you just hand them the TV remote yeah yeah and they watch like Animal Kingdom or whatever, stuff like that yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. does he know how to operate the can opener without you uh, yeah yeah he's pretty he good does, yeah oh <laughs> you're okay you're screwed yeah. all right thank you for coming up on said no never let your cat figure out how to open up the if, if they ever get opposable thumbs we're done as as a race. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of, then news time after that national local update on the weather forecast. Open phones comes our way. Wake up, Wyoming. Friday.
time is 806. Let's wake up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. So, okay. 888 Woods, the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Remember that. You might need it. Today's show is sponsored by Squid Flavored Donuts. Yum. Bringing the flavor of the ocean to your breakfast pastry. Smells just as bad as you're thinking. So, yeah, open phones. We've reached the most dangerous points of this program, which happens every single day, not just at Fridays. Warning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave, <coughs> all right, strap in, and let's do this thing. Triple A 97, what's the phone number? That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. So, for those who didn't hear the first hour of the program, I'm going to go through this real quick. The story is on the Wake Up Wyoming site, and Cowboy State Daily has a nice long article on it. But So, I was really interested in a piece of legislation which would get rid of 97% of Wyoming property taxes. You just wouldn't have them. And remember, that proposal was if your house was a million dollars or less, no property taxes. Instead, they would do a 2% sales tax, which would be collected by the state and sent to your county. And if you're wondering how do we pay for all of that, well, we have a lot of tourism in that state, and so that takes up a good chunk of it right there. So that would certainly help. Pretty good idea for those people who wanted to get out from under property taxes on their homes. Right? Now, this goes through the legislative process. And already they're watering this down and making it. So, okay, if your house is $200,000 and less, you have no property tax under the current proposal. $200,000 or above, I should say, $200,000. It can be $2 million. You get some relief but not total. And there would be a 1% sales tax instead of a 2% sales tax. And then they start arguing about, well, how do we count things like uh, detached garage and outbuildings and so on, which to me, the whole purpose of getting rid of the property tax in lieu of a sales tax meant it would really uncomplicate things. Rather than trying to assess the value of your home and all the buildings and yada, 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 yada. Don't even do that. Instead, it's a real simple process. If you go out today and buy a new pair of shoes, 2% of the sales goes to your county for county services. There, done. See, there's nothing to figure out, which I preferred that. But the way, the way this is going through the system, and then the idea currently is, and they wouldn't even start this idea until like 2025. Like, why not today? You know, or maybe 2026, 20, was it? It would end, I don't know. It, it's a mess. And then I want to hear what the Senate thinks about this. So that's what's happening now. Something that I thought was a really good idea is really getting diluted in what, well, let's see what they come up with. They have two weeks left in the session. And then they're talking about an extended session because the House and Senate are a billion dollars apart on spending. Yeah, one, one chamber wants to spend more money than the other. They both want to spend more money than the governor. 
So, all right. Not going the way I really wanted to see it going. But all right, 888 Woods, the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Different topic entirely. Headline, the real reason military recruitment is failing. Story says, it's no secret that the U.S. military has repeatedly missed some of its recruitment goals, and not by just a little bit, over the past several years. Various reasons have been offered, ranging from low pay to low unemployment rates to better opportunities in the civilian world. Others have suggested that our endless wars in foreign lands has dry, it could be it could be all of that but during a recent hearing before the House Armed Services Committee one army veteran and former senate candidate offered a really different solution why is army recruitment military recruitment down so much i would say add covid to that because there was a lot of people who would have loved to have had a career in the military but the whole covid vaccine thing drove them out but all right Recently, the Pentagon's acting undersecretary for personnel and readiness testified, the story says, to the House Armed Services Committee that the U.S. military missed its 2023 recruitment goal by 41,000 people. An Army veteran and former U.S. Senate candidate from Arkansas responded to this report by suggesting that no one should be surprised. And why? Because of what we're teaching in our nation's schools. He said, in our education system today, so few young people are hearing real history, he said. They're hearing that American heroes are being represented as evil racists who are doing all of these terrible things to disadvantaged people. And that it really is shaping the views of American youth and making them have less respect for our institutions, have less respect for our history, and therefore making them less liable to want to put their lives on the line for this country in the military. Now, the Times cited examples of public schools and colleges, as well colleges, yeah, that most of you probably don't, you really don't need to be convinced of that. In fact, I've, in over the past few years, have given you stories of where high schools and colleges, there used to be military recruiters who would show up. I mean, they would have like career day in high school, right? And I remember going into the gym, and the gym had been taken over by all of these different tables we can go to. It was packed jammed. We'd walk up and down these rows they had made. And there's all these different business recruiters trying to convince high school people, you want a career with us. And represented there was military. Because a career in the military is a great thing to do. But there's a lot of high schools around the country, oh, we don't want that, we don't want, no, we can't have the military here. As if it's a bad thing. In fact, colleges used to do the same thing. Military recruiters used to go to universities all the time looking for the best and brightest because they need officers of various types, engineers, all sorts of things. They would go looking for people and say, you ought to really think of a military career because tell you what, the military can offer you some a, a great career that you would be proud of serving your country as well. And also on career days at universities, they would set up a booth. There are universities around the country that won't really allow that anymore and don't like the idea of military recruitment being on campus. 
And you get the idea of if you think it's bad enough what they teach in high school, what they teach kids in college as well. Uh, making people less and less apt to want to join the military to defend this country or think of it as an honorable profession. So I think there's a lot of truth in, in this story here. I don't think there's one reason. I think there's a list of reasons. But I think that's one of the big ones right there. I can help who's next. <sighs> I, I just need uh, one ticket for the matinee. Sir, that'll be ten fifty. Oh, um, yeah. I, I would also like the senior discount, so it's uh, only six fifty. Here you go. Uh, yeah. I, I'm sorry, sir. We we can't just give out the the senior discount to uh, anybody. I wish we could, but I'm pretty sure you're not sixty. I may not look sixty. I sure do feel it. Um, my eyes are going bad. I've, I've got some arthritis, and, you know, last night I was up a dozen times to uh, to pee. I had supper at uh, 3.30 this afternoon. I, I really do feel like, you know, 68. Ha, yeah, I, I understand that, but... Uh, but it'll be ten fifty. Uh, no, I'm I'm serious about the senior discount. I really do feel sixty eight. I'm I'm sure you do, sir. But well, well, what does your driver's license say? Forty two. Well, there you have it. Then you might you might feel sixty eight, but your biological age is forty two. So uh, so you're discriminating against me because of my biological age doesn't match how I really feel. Do feelings have no meaning to you, sir? Um. Well. And it's quite disgusting that you think you know me and can judge me based solely on the physical time that I've been on this earth. Do you really think that's acceptable behavior in this day and age? I, I guess not. So here's six fifty. Uh, thank you. Hey, uh, did you get my ticket? Oh, I also need a, a, another senior ticket. Excuse me. He feels like a twelve-year-old. I need a child's ticket. Hey, Corey, what, uh, what was that all about? I, uh, I think he was an age activist or, or something. He, he felt, uh, he was a different age or... Yeah, sometimes, uh, I think I might be a cat. No pets allowed, Gary. <sighs> Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Twenty-one's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. All right, off we roll now. And by the way, phones are open. So triple eight ninety seven Woods eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. All right, so we're on another government shutdown deadline. Federal government, of course. Now, didn't we just do this recently? Yeah, we did. Oh yeah, we have to do this every so often because they can't get it together. They can't seem to figure out how just to spend less money. Your government is bringing in more tax money than ever before, but this keeps happening. And I blame both parties, by the way, but okay. House Speaker Mike Johnson and Senate Democrat leader Chuck Schumer have been summoned to the White House for a meeting today as Congress barrels again toward a Friday deadline to avoid a partial government shutdown. According to the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget, which is a joke, the first set of appropriations bill are scheduled to expire. Agricultural, energy, water, military, construction, VA, transportation, HUD, under the third continuing resolution that was enacted in January under 
what was lauded at the time as an approach to begin earlier the, the fiscal year. And so the second set of appropriation bills will expire March 8th. And that's commerce, justice, science, defense, financial services, general government, homeland security. I love it. And it goes on and on. I always love mentioning this. I was watching. I didn't. I don't watch MSNBC or any other network, any of them for that matter. But now and then I catch a clip because somebody posted as part of a news story. And there was this one uh, host of some show, some lady on MSNBC that was acting all concerned because this was during one of the last government shutdowns when we were shut down for about a week or maybe two. And she acted all concerned about this. And when the government went into shutdown, she looked at the camera with a real sense of urgency and distress. Your government is shut down. Which case, I look at that and go, well, good, first off. Thank you. Appreciate it. Things will be a lot easier now. But also, very little of government actually gets shut down. Most of government never gets shut down. Never does. There really never is a government shutdown. They they say they're going to shut down all but essential services, but that's what government is supposed to be, just essential services. And we can certainly debate what essential services is. My definition is a lot tighter than most people. But okay. They keep doing this continuing resolution thing. Budget watchdog group noted that Congress has so far not enacted a full-year appropriations bill to reduce federal spending and reform entitlement programs and cut the debt. By the way, this current president will try to brag, well, I cut the deficit by a trillion dollars. No, he didn't. He increased it by over $13 trillion, probably far beyond that by now. Well, we need a plan to put the national debt on a downward, and here comes that word again, sustainable path before it's too late. The budget deficit is projected to grow from $1.6 trillion in a fiscal year to $2.6 trillion by 2034. And the national debt will rise 116% of the size of the entire U.S. economy. Yeah, we've reached the point. We're already borrowing money to pay the interest. Think about that. We're already borrowing money to pay the interest. Conservative Republicans, the story says, are pushing Johnson to reduce domestic spending levels and act, enact a border policy. Uh, Schumer said he wants Congress to pass clean, continuing resolution uh, that extends current spending levels without any poison pills inside the legislation. He doesn't want any cuts to anything, really. So last week, the conservative House Freedom Caucus outlined a series of uh, policy reforms and spending reduction they said should be considered as part of a spending bill. If you're going to secure significant policy changes, they said, and keep the spending below caps adopted by the bipartisan majorities less than one year ago, why would we proceed when we could just instead pass a year-long funding resolution that would save the American people about $100 billion a year? House Freedom Caucus uh, Chairman Representative Bob Good previously told Just the News, the news service, that he wanted to see Johnson include the language of the Secure Border Act. So that's another big sticky point for them. The point of all of this as I read through it, though, is, look... They keep doing... How many times have we been through this? And here they are doing this again. 
and they just can't seem to figure it out. Neither party can. Not only can they not figure it out, but both parties continue to spend more and more, and they never seem to figure out how just to just to drop that. I mean, even just a little bit, even just how to free spending. But they keep just pushing through these continuing resolutions rather than actually passing a budget. And what do they do with all this money they're spending? With all economic factors indicating the U.S. is heading for a prolonged recession, some experts are suggesting that the government should stop dumping all of our money into an enormous hole. Is it time to close the national money hole? Uh, that kind of talk is, is alarmist and irresponsible. Well, America needs the money hole. Right. Was Driving truckloads of money out into the New Mexico desert and dumping it into a massive pit is one of America's greatest traditions. It's frankly, it's a national yes. now, treasure. Look, no yes. reasonable person is advocating that we are going to stop destroying money. But the American people earn that money. They have the right to decide how it should be destroyed. Well, so I you know. are in favor of personal money holes. Yes, people should be able to dump money into a hole in their backyard or flush it down the toilet. Let the free market decide the most efficient way of destroying My money. My father worked two jobs so he'd have money to put in the money hole oh. and he never complained. No, you can't depend on private money holes to destroy that money. Duncan's right. I mean, some of this money could blow away. Yes. Some of it may not be correctly buried. Birds I mean, there's too many variables. That's why the government pours gasoline into the money hole and lights it on fire to make sure all the money is destroyed. I it's love just, the money it, fire. It's just like they say, you have to throw money in a hole and set it on fire to make money. Okay, but find the cheapest way to destroy that money, like shredding it up and feeding it to hogs. Tell that to the digger who's worked the graveyard shift for 20 years. Digging the hole is all he knows. The sheer number of shovelers that it takes to maintain but that if hole. if we're talking about closing holes, I mean, what about the soldier hole? How about, how about the energy hole? I mean, I can't believe that closing the money hole is even on the table. Don't close Why are the you money pushing hole? this pro-hole agenda? Is the money hole lobby paying you? I resent that accusation. I do not take money from special interests. And if I did, I would throw it right in the hole because I am a patriot. If you love America, you throw money in its hole. He's not a politician, but his pants are on fire. Could someone grab an extinguisher? Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Eight thirty-six. The time it's Wake Up Wyoming. So okay, I've got some conversations going here with people on the Wake Up Wyoming app. And see, RH in Wiggins, Colorado. We were talking about this, an actual real government shutdown, a complete government shutdown. And this time when they come back, no back pay for the bureaucrats. If, if the government shuts down for two weeks, which, like I said, is pretty much not even a, a real shutdown. It doesn't really ever shut down. But anyone who was laid off for a couple of weeks, when they come back, they get all of the back pay. So, yeah, I agree. No back pay. Let me see, Paul and Casper. What you just said needs to hang in the air more than 20 seconds. We borrow, we are borrowing fake monopoly money to pay for monopoly money interest. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's really, I, it, that's exactly what we're doing. 
Let's see, Mike in Wheatland. Hi, Glenn. Can you please ask Doug if he knows what kind of car caught fire at the Cheyenne Glass Company shop he reported on? I was just wondering if it was one of those goofy electric cars. I okay. I'll ask him. I have no idea. All right. Triple eight ninety seven Woods is the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. You can talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine by me. Another Cowboy State Daily story. Wyoming likely to see billions of dollars in wind projects built in the next few years. Great. I mean, pardon me. Big sneeze just happened. I turned off my mic so you didn't have to hear it. Billions of dollars in wind energy development coming to Wyoming. See, the problem with that is it's not the billions of dollars, very, very little of it is actually private money. It's mostly government money. And predicting a time when it could be connected to the electric grid is actually very difficult to predict. So they want to hook all of they they want to do all of this, but they don't know exactly when they want to hook it to the grid. It could be quite a few years. They hope it'll more than double the output. Okay. Anne is on the phone from Cheyenne. Morning, Anne. Good morning. So to speak. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was uh, calling in response to uh, uh, Judy uh, complaining about a gravel pit, mm -hmm. and uh, we are next to a gravel pit out here, and. Uh, we had three uh, times that the permit uh, was denied from county planning, the county commissioners, and district court based upon merits. Okay. Uh, but uh, the county land use plan is of no use. Uh, it must be zoned against industrial siding before the owner bought the land. Right. Okay, so uh, at any rate, uh, uh, Hageman came in and got it cleared for a permit based upon one rule, the fact that it had to be uh, zoned. Uh, they couldn't care less about our health, uh, the EPA, uh, has declared the silica from the crushing of the granite to be uh, cancerous, uh, silicosis, uh, COPD, kidney disease, and I know personally, as well as the other uh, neighbors, that in their blasting, if the dust comes over and gets over you, you get chemical burns on your eyes. But DEQ and the state of Wyoming couldn't care less. They want a gravel pit. And uh, when I called once before, uh, they said, well, that uh, Laramie was a core county and that they really needed the money. And I had been trying to find out what the severance pay is and haven't been successful. Uh, Somewhere I have read that it was proposed that the severance pay would be $22,000. Uh, if that's the case, we were sold out for $22,000. Right. Uh, I called the EPA 
and asked them if, uh, you know, uh, in the DEQ regulations, they're always talking about it has to be, everything has to be coordinated with local, state, and federal uh, agencies. So I called the EPA to find out if they uh, enforced their regulations and definitions of silica and stuff. They told me they deferred to the state at one of the meetings out here. They informed us that they didn't have any regulations on silica and therefore it was okay. Mm-hmm. They don't care about our health. They want a gravel pit. There's even a development with, you know, kids and, and the kids and the elderly are the ones that are most, uh, at risk. Right. I feel it will be 81 in another couple of weeks. Uh, and I've been in the hospital twice. I see you as pneumonia. Right. So I think I'm probably a prime candidate there. But uh, uh, at any rate, uh, as, I don't know if it's asphalt specialties that uh, uh, is the one who owns the gravel pit uh, that Judy's talking about. Right. But the Supreme Court case is asphalt specialties uh, corporation is. Uh, versus Laramie County Planning Commission, who made up all of, there's almost 30 pages of merit. But uh, but, uh, the land use comprehensive plan is of absolutely no use whatsoever. Okay. it's going to be interesting. i got to run for time's sake. Thanks for calling in, Ann. But it's going to be really interesting to see what happens in the uh, Casper. Because this was down in Laramie County or what happens in the Casper area, which is very close to the same exact situation. Want to talk to Glenn? Call 888-97-WOODS or chat him on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Eight forty nine is the time. Off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino's waiting by. Interesting story I came across in the news today. Some reporter bothered to ask a Wyoming chef if you killed a wolf, can you cook it and eat it? That's a good question. I don't know. Okay, so I never heard of wolf burgers. I have never heard of. Well, several actually chefs around Wyoming said. Well, if you want to go ahead and season the hell out of it, fine. <laughs> so, the, so the answer is Probably no. Probably not, no. Uh, slow cooking might work better. Basically, that's uh, burn the hell out of it. You know, that would be it. Yeah. One guy suggested, go ahead. Okay. <clears throat> this is a chef from the University of Wyoming. Here's what you do. You cover the wolf in cow manure. <laughs> And then you bake it for about uh, an hour and a half until the manure forms a hard shell. Okay, and then you go ahead and remove the shell, eat the manure, throw out the wolf. I want that chef to demonstrate the eating of that before anyone else attempts it. Okay, I speak sarcasm. Okay. Okay. It's what I do. What he's basically saying is don't even bother. 
Just right. don't. That's a long, roundabout, funny way of saying, oh. do not cook and eat wolf. No, no, it's just not going to no be. Wolfie, you know, no wolfie, no wolfie burgers. Okay. No. Now, what I would like to know, though, is anybody out there has tried it that knows that it's bad? I don't know. I don't know. Men's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowboys at home in Laramie tonight to host UNLV. The folks are coming off a brutal 20-point loss to Boise State on Saturday, so they are driving on the boulevard of mediocrity. At 13 and 14 overall, they are Six and eight in Mountain West play. UW is last in the league in defense, allowing 75 points a game, and opponents are shooting 46% for the floor. That's ninth out of 11 teams. UNLV comes into tonight's game with a record of 16 and 10 overall, 9 and 5 in league play. The Rebels have won 7 of 8, and we'll see how it goes tonight. The double A. It'll be a 7 p.m. start. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY and Laramie. Wyoming Cowgirls will be on the road tomorrow night at San Jose State. The Cowgirls have lost four in a row after an overtime defeat to New Mexico on Saturday. So they're 14 and 12 overall, nine and six in Mountain West play. The Cowgirls' only only chance to make the NCAA tournament now is to win the Mountain West Conference tournament. After that. There's not one, but two postseason tournaments after the NCAAs. The WNIT, which has 48 teams, and the NCAA-sponsored Women's Basketball Invitational Tournament, which will have 32 teams. So there's plenty of room for the Cowgirls in postseason play. That's an 8 p.m. tip-off tomorrow night from San Jose. Boys High School Basketball from Friday and 4A. Laramie over Cheyenne South, 77-51. Cheyenne Central leads Cheyenne 78-72. Sheridan nip Natrona, 53-51. And in 4A on Saturday, Rock Springs over Kelly Walsh, 60-50. The 4A and 3A regional tournaments will start on Thursday. The 4A West will be in Green River, where Kelly Walsh meeting Star Valley at noon on Thursday. The 4A East will be in Sheridan. Cheyenne Central plays Campbell County at noon on Thursday, followed by in the Trona versus Cheyenne East at 1.30. Sheridan at South at 6.30, and Laramie will play Thunder Basin at 8 p.m. There's five good teams in the East, and only four are going to make the state tournament. In 3A, Glenrock will be in that East regional, and Rollins will play Rollins in the opening round at noon on Thursday. The State High School indoor track and field meet will be Friday and Saturday at the Campbell County Rec Center in Gillette. It's a huge, huge, huge event. And the 4A schools and the 3A schools, once again, will complete compete separately for the second straight year. And that's it in sports. I was actually looking for a song while you were talking. Has anyone oh. written a song called The Boulevard of Meteorocity? And no one ever has. No, no, they, they, they've be. written songs about the Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Yes, I saw that one, yeah. Yeah, but no Boulevard of... Which, by the way, I think would make a great title of a novel. Yeah. Boulevard of Meteorocity. It would be yeah. just about some average middle-class class people. Yeah, they'd be in the median. Yes, yes. Of the Boulevard. Exactly, with, yeah, yeah. With mediocrity, go. yes. Where nothing ever... And when people uh, would uh, run off the road and crash in the medium, they would yell out, get out, get off my lawn. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business that we got to take care of. We're Roll into news time after that national local update on your weather forecast and more open phones too. Triple eight ninety seven Woods the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Or you can talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject, whatever. I'll just kind of roll with it. It's Wake Up Wyoming.
906. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It's a Tuesday and it's open phone. So 888 what's the phone number? That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Today's show is sponsored by Squid Flavored Donuts. Yum. Bringing the flavor of the ocean to your breakfast pastry. And it smells like dead squid. Bill is in Laramie. Hello, Bill. Hang on a second, Bill. Yeah, that button always sticks. Hello, Bill. Hello? Yes, sir. You're on the air. What you got? Yes, sir. I'm going to take you off speaker here. Um, um, the lady that commented about the silica exposure and right. the exposure to the smoke from the blasting. Right. She she needs to call 1-800-MSHAW. It's uh, Mine Safety and Health Administration. I used to work for them. Okay. And they have an exposure limit that they've just revised mm-hmm. for the exposure on silica. They will send an inspector out after she calls them, and they will uh, come and sample the air while they're operating. Okay. Uh, that is something that a lot of not a, a lot of people know. Okay. Um, the the caveat on that, or the the other side of that story is. If she moved into that area after that mine, or before that mine was, let's say, the mine was already there. Mm-hmm. And, and then now she's exposed to it. She knew it was there. That is one of their defenses. Sure, sure. Most of these and, people, and I remember this whole controversy, most of these people already lived out there, and they were trying to stop the mine from opening up essentially in their backyard. Right, right. I agree with that. It's, it's a total agreement. But... The MSHA, when I was working for him, had one level of exposure to silica. And it is a very valid problem. It's no mm-hmm. different than pneumocoliosis or any other thing, uh, you know, or exposure to coal dust, whatever. Um, and she, uh, they have lowered that to where the exposure, that you have less exposure to where they cite it. And the mine has to take action or they can go in and shut it down. Okay. Yeah. All right, so again, who, who does she call here? It's MSHA, Mine MSHA. Safety and Health Administration. Okay. Uh, I don't have the number off the top no, of my head. No, but that's head. easy to look up. Yeah. yeah, it's a 1-800 number. One call does it all. 1-800-CALL-MSHA. Okay. And uh, uh, and that it will get her to uh, the headquarters in Arlington, Virginia, and they call the local office, which is in Green River, or... Denver is a district office, and they will send up an inspector to sample that area. All right. Thank you, Bill. Hopefully she's listening, and she'll go ahead and do it. We'll see what happens. All right. I appreciate you calling in. 888 Woods, the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. It is open phones. So you can talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine by me. Headline off the subject completely. I came across this this morning. Just thought it would amuse you. Ten things that had not been invented when Joe Biden was born. (laughs) Remember, Betty White was literally older than sliced bread. So as we talk about the age of this current president, okay, let me see. The Slinky. Yes, the Slinky, which I love that toy, was, let me see, a toy company, if you're a kid, 1970s. It was invented in 1943, so he wasn't born yet. Oh, the atomic bomb. 
Yeah, the, he was uh, born before the atomic bomb. If it, that's pretty bad. Let's see, what exactly is... He's 81 years old. He was born in 1942. Joe Biden was born November 20th, 1942. So he predates the slinky. He predates the atomic bomb. Mass-produced penicillin. Wow. Joe Biden is older than penicillin? Holy cow. Now, here's a big one. The microwave oven. Now, we're all used to the microwave oven coming around in the 1970s and so on. But it was actually invented in 1945. And I still get a laugh out of people who I come across on occasion who they misheard when they hear that the microwave oven, you know, you're nuking your food. And they think it has something to do with all sorts of radiation and horrible things. And I even heard someone say, well, it changes the molecular structure of your food and so on. All a microwave oven is, is radio waves passing through your food. That's it. High-frequency radio waves pass through your food, excite the molecules, which warms it up. That's it. It's radio waves. You're listening to a radio right now. Not only do radio waves happen because of human beings creating radio waves, but they happen naturally all over the place, too. So, okay, he's older than a microwave oven. Oh, wow. Joe Biden is older than Tupperware. Holy cow. Now, the uh, Tupperware formed the company to manufacture plastic products in 1938. But Tupperware started with the Tupperware Wonder Bowl. And that really came around in the 1950s, like 1951. Joe Biden is older than semiconductors from Bell Labs. Wow, this guy's really old. I wonder if he's older than dirt. Okay, wait a second. I, I got to try the sliced bread things. Let me see. When was sliced bread invented? Okay, 1928. Okay. Let's Betty White was older than sliced bread, not Joe Biden. And Joe Biden is older than the Frisbee. Yeah, the Frisbee uh, was, let me see, uh, the toy since the teen, was a 1948 invention. Holy cow. Okay. I really didn't, th- I thought the Frisbee was older than that, but okay. He's older than jet airliners. The first prototype for a jet airliner flew in 1949. Let's see. And oh, oh, you'll love this. Joe Biden is older than credit cards. The first actual credit cards came around in 1950. This should give you an idea of how old Joe Biden really is. Hang on, Micah. I've got just a couple more for Joe Biden is older than Velcro, which was invented in 1955. Do we really want a president that is that old? Morning, Micah. Good morning. Yes. Well, I am now all excited again about this quarry thing because in just a few years, that Granite Canyon place, asphalt people, are supposed to go in and try to renew their permit for another five years or whatever. Um, So for for Ann calling in and now for that gentleman calling in, I'm sure that the people, all of us that have property out at Grand Canyon, we will track that down because, oh, my gosh, 
if nothing else, if we can keep them from having that permit renewed right. for any more years, that might cause them to shut down right then and there. Because for the size that they are right now, it may not be feasible for them to stay in operation. So okay. this is perfect timing. Yeah. But, you know, talking about Joe Biden's um, age and everything, mm-hmm. you know, Nikki keeps slamming Trump for the same thing. And yet, when you think about it, probably two of our best presidents policy-wise were Reagan and Trump. And, oh, my God, they were both in office in their 70s. Yeah. So <laughs> Nikki can sit there and... and complain all she wants about older people right but our two best presidents in my opinion anyway have in fact been two of our oldest presidents my honest <laughs> opinion on it as much fun as i'm having picking on biden's age my honest opinion on it is we got to take a look at what someone is like cognitively during that time. Right. That's what really matters. This is why I get a laugh. You know, the president has to every year go through his annual physical, which, of course, they yeah. always make it sound wonderful. Doesn't matter what's going on with what president. This president decided he's just going to skip the cognitive part of the test. Yeah, legally, can he do that? Yeah, I, I guess mean, he I can. I would think that as president of the United States, yeah. there are certain things that they have to be tested for, yeah. for security reasons, if nothing you would, else. You would think, yeah. Yeah. You Don't think. push that button. Don't push that button to call your secretary in. It's actually the button that launches the missiles. You got it? Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you have a good day. Yeah, you too. Just wake up. Well, I just, that would be bad. If the red button was just sitting there right on his desk. I know there's not really a red button, but you get my meaning. Do you know why they put bills on cows? Because their horns don't work. Ah. He's talking to himself in a padded room, and you could be the voice in his head. Join the conversation on Wake Up Wyoming, 866-97-WOODS. 9.22 is the time to wake up Wyoming. I'm still getting comments from people about how old Joe Biden is compared to. I still think he's older than dirt. TC in Queens Creek, he's older than silly putty. But I think they modeled it thinking of him. They probably did, yeah. Okay. Triple eight ninety seven woods phone number 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Uh, real quick here, what happened? This is... Oh, no, wait, I, I want to go back here because I promised I would cover it again real quick here. There's a little bit of a confusion from Pine Bluffs. Question about this whole idea with the sales tax, but which I like the idea of this bill. This was a bill that was put out to get rid of Wyoming, for most people in Wyoming, we get rid of property taxes. Now, the original idea... If your home was worth a million dollars or less, no more property taxes in Wyoming. Instead, we would increase our sales tax by about, you know, two cents there. Uh, So, 2% increase. Okay, so if we have that sales tax increase, then that actually is spread out a little easier because we have a lot of tourists in the state of Wyoming that pay a good chunk of that so it eases that burden a bit so we could actually do a raise in our sales tax by two and then not have a property tax for people who have homes a million dollars or under now that doesn't mean that people who are paying or have paid a million dollars or more for their home would still have to pay a property tax they would have a property tax but not as much 
Okay, it would be less of a property tax for them. They would still have a property tax, but less. Okay, as it was going through the House of Representatives. See, to me, that sounded like a good idea on its face. I wanted to hear more about it, but just on the surface of it, I thought this is not a bad idea. So then it's going through the House of Representatives. Okay, here come the changes because now they got to start screwing it up. So the idea now is, well, let's have for people whose home is worth 200000 or less, they don't have any property taxes. Instead, we just have a sales tax. And people are getting the idea, well, then the rest of us have to pay our property tax plus the sales tax? No. If your home is above $200,000 in value, you pay less of a property tax and instead we have a one cent sales tax. Okay, yeah. So, no, they don't have more money coming in because everybody's property taxes go down, but just not as much. Everybody's, the original idea, 97% of the people who lived in Wyoming would not have to pay property taxes on their houses. Now, okay, that's gonna change considerably, but still, Everybody whose home is worth above 200000 you still get a break on your property taxes. In lieu of, instead, we're going to pay this increase in the sales tax by one rather than two. All right. So that's where we're at now, and I don't think this is as good of a deal. I like the deal the way it was before. It sounded great. And then they don't even want to start this for a couple of years when we have the problem right now. So at this point, I think the House of Representatives is kind of screwing this deal up. It was better in its original form the way I was reading it. And here's part of the reason why also. As you know, I like the idea of simplifying things, which is why I wrote a book called The Uncomplicated Life, which you can still get on Amazon, by the way. Just The Uncomplicated Life by Glenn Woods. Cha-ching, plug. So, okay, one of the things I talk about in the book is how to simplify a problem and look for the simple solutions so it's just less stressful. When it comes time to figure out what is your home worth to you, what is it worth on the market? What does the government think it's worth? So here comes your government employee with a government program, and they're going to go around the house taking a look at whatever they, whatever's on their list. They check off a list. And a lot of this is very subjective. And they plug those numbers into a program which spits out how much they think they should charge you in property tax. Which is why a lot of people are not happy with how much they have to pay. Well, how about this as an idea? No property tax, but instead when you go out to buy a pair of shoes, you have an extra little tax on your shoes, which instead goes to the county. You buy a shirt that goes to the, the, the tax goes to the county. There, you see, how easy is that? There's nothing to figure out except the two cent tax on, on the dollar. That's it. There's nothing else to figure out. This is easy and people get to keep their homes if they wind up in some kind of financial distress, which was one of the reasons we were doing this in the first place. Financial stress doesn't mean you're gonna lose your home. Bill is in Laramie County. Hello, Bill. Hi, Glenn. Hey, uh, the uh, property tax that they're talking about, everybody's believing that it's doing away with our property tax. It's right. really not. Right. And what's, hap what's happening to us, Glenn, is that the uh, fair market value, all the calculations are still in play. Mm -hmm. 
And so as property sells around your property, your property's values are still going to go through the roof. Right. And some of us have been experiencing that at $200,000 a year yeah. going through the roof. That is not going to stop by a, a sales tax. And what you're going to find is we're all going to be still paying property tax, and we're going to have a 2% sales tax on top of that. Well, no, the, the original or, way, with the 2% sales tax, you would have not had a property tax. You would have paid a sales tax of 2%. With the way they're doing it now, you would pay a 1% sales tax, okay? But there's still a lesser property. They lower your property tax and make you pay the sales tax instead to offset it. But it still becomes a very complicated deal. They're, they're messing it, up what started to be a good deal in the beginning. Yes. Well, you're still going to pay property tax no matter what you think about sales tax. You're going to get a sales tax and a property tax. All right. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate it. Coming up on some local news. Update on your weather forecast after that. Hello, Tim. I see you. I'll go ahead and talk about this. I had some other stories, but I'm going to put them aside. I'll talk about this a little bit more as we come out of news and, and your phone calls, too. Because I know there's a lot of misunderstanding. But blame your legislators. They took something that was really simple and they're making it confusing again. Let's wake up, Wyoming. And Friday. You asked for an expert. Uh, we didn't have the budget for that. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Weekdays 6 to 10 a.m. and 24-7 on the Wake Up Wyoming app. 936 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Okay, so there's a lot of questions about this idea to relieve Wyoming of the property tax. And I can understand the confusion because property taxes were have been so confusing for so long. Again, I've talked to multiple property tax assessors and they get confused about how the system works because it's so convoluted, which is one of the reasons I've been wanting to get rid of this for a long time. And now that Wyoming is having a problem with a property taxes going through the roof, as you know, the reasons why people come in and buy homes for more than they should have bought for them. And it screws up the whole system, which means the system was broken to begin with. So let's go back to the original idea, which, by the way, what I'm about to explain does not exist anymore because your Wyoming House of Representatives have screwed this up. The original idea, if your house was a million dollars or less, which is about 97% of the houses in Wyoming, then you wouldn't have a property tax on that. None. Instead, 2% sales tax. Now, this actually makes things a lot easier. Your house does not need to be assessed for any value, okay? So there's no trying to figure out through some kind of a program. And a lot of it would be very subjective as, and has been as to how much your house is worth because, well, there's no tax on it. Now, for those people who their home is worth over a million dollars, they still get a big tax break. Okay, they still get a big tax break. So it's not that they're not going to have any property tax. They would still have a property tax, but it would be significantly lower. Instead, we would have that 2% sales tax, and a good chunk of that is picked up by tourists. With me so far? Okay. 
what the House of Representatives started to do is meddle with that. Well, now only people who have homes below $200,000 get a total tax break where they don't have a, a property tax on their house. Anybody above $200,000, you still get a significant break in your property taxes. Instead, you'd be paying a one-cent sales tax. You see? What, okay. To me, this is not as good of a deal. But, okay, Cody is in Carpenter. Hello, Cody. Hey, Glenn, real quick. I, I think the point the caller earlier may be trying to make that, that I kind of agree with is that instead of just having, you know, the, the property taxes, now we're going to have property taxes and sales tax. And, and what's going to happen with that in the future? You know, as far as, you know, every year inflation is going to make these houses right. go up. So, I mean, in 10 years, are we going to see yeah. what was now a three or $400,000 right. so house being a million-dollar house? The original idea that they had was that this system would go ahead and upgrade with inflation. So as your house becomes worth more on the market due to inflation, the tax would go ahead and grow with it, keeping you in that zone. That was it, it. Sure seems like, it. Sure seems like the fox is guarding the hen house. So mm-hmm. we're giving them permission to tax our property, and we're giving them permission to have a sales tax back for it too. I mean, I, I would, I would rather right. we just did away with property tax totally and went to yes. sales tax. That's why I said, know, or, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why I said this new deal. I don't like it. And the New no, Deal also no. gets into things like they were doing before, which is just insane. Like, So how much do you think that the garage is worth if it's not attached to the house? And what about that shed in the outbuilding over there? See, now you're right back where you started from. This is why I said the thing to do yeah. is just get rid of property taxes, period, and just do a sales tax. Yeah, and I just got the first deal made me nervous too because it looked to me like we're giving them permission to add tax, and I, and I you know how things go with government, you know, it yeah, starts, right, right. Who said that? The government always does it for the right reasons, and they uh-huh. always do the right thing, and they always go way too far. So yeah. even though the first plan may have been acceptable now, what would it look like in ten years? Yeah. So, but anyway, right. thanks. Thank for you, Cody. Yeah. So the idea with the original <clears throat> proposal was as the economy changed, your property, just due to inflation alone, you know, or some rich guy moved in next door to you and screwed up your property value, that this system uh, of the original idea would grow with it. So you would stay within the same low property taxes plus the sales tax. But again, their new idea is, to me, getting kind of convoluted, which is why I say, keep it simple. What Cody and I were just talking about, if they just got rid of the property tax and said, we're just going to do a sales tax. And remember, we have a lot of tourists in Wyoming, so they take a good chunk of that. It's not all paid by Wyoming citizens. There's all sorts of people coming through Wyoming all the time for all sorts of different reasons, not just tourism. And they pay a lot in taxes. So that helps us with that burden. That way, we would never have to think about what's the assessed value of my house. Let's see. Uh, yep, you're welcome. Your well whispers and Platt. I was trying to answer his question. Tom and Laramie, people keep forgetting that if you have no property taxes on your house under a million, you will own that house. That alone is a great... Now, this is... Okay, that's a great point. Tom and Laramie there. Okay, here's the idea. This is what originally started this whole thing with Harshman. Was he had a talk with a guy who was over in Torrington. And the gentleman in Torrington said, you know, property taxes, a lot of problems with it. But one of the big problems with property taxes is you never really get to own your home. Let's say you pay off your house. It's yours. You don't own your house anymore. Okay. You paid off your house. 
congratulations, but you still owe property taxes. And what happens if something catastrophic happens to your finances or like is happening now, your property taxes go through the roof because some people came in and screwed up the values after buying houses overpriced? Well, then you're going to lose your home. Uh, but didn't you own your home? Yeah, but apparently not. You're going to end up losing your home because you couldn't pay your property taxes. That's why I say just get rid of the whole thing altogether and just go to a sales tax idea. To the Wyoming legislators, anyone who might be listening, don't complicate this. Simplify it. Let's wake up. If it's happening in Wyoming, it's on Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods from K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Forty-eight's the time. Off we go to the ice box where Frank Gambino is waiting by. Okay, guesses, Frank. How windy was it yesterday? Dude? I'm going to say at, at times probably seventy plus. You would be really good on the plus. Now, eighty um, plus. Well, yes. No. <clears throat> yeah, there were yes, there were times it actually hit that. Now the all-time high was at a weather station, St. Jo- uh, Chief Joseph Scenic Byway. Oh, over it actually Cody, hit, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it actually hit 99 oh. <laughs> at one point. Red Canyon, YO28, hit 97 at one point. So for us here in Casper, we were getting gusts of, at times, of about 71. Most of the time it was 62, but it did hit 71, which I think is probably what flipped that small airplane yeah. This is why I said when I was walking toward my car, while I was in mid-step, so I'm on one leg, and I got pushed back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that, okay, so Rock Springs. The wind Springs, is more powerful than you are. Oh, yeah. Rock Springs Pathfinders, 60 mile an hour. Du Bois, 54. Oh, well, Du Bois. Well, pff, come on, guys. Warland only at 52. What are you guys doing oh, here? Come on. Come on. Yeah. You guys need to step up your pace here if you're going to be part of Wyoming here. So, yeah, there was one area that did hit a 99-mile-an-hour gust at one time. So, for me, now, I, it, was, it was really impressive to see the plane flipped over, things like this. I got home, and I decided to park out front because of this morning's snow. Okay. Okay. It just makes it easier for me to leave in the morning. Very <laughs> good. And my, remember, I'm across from a golf course. And, and you have no windbreak. Wind, you know, you know, none. Yeah. None. And the wind blows across the golf course directly at my front door. Yeah. Can you imagine how hard it was for me just to to get the door in the right position that I could turn the deadbolt? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should have stayed home. I should have just said, forget it. I'm going to park in the back you yeah, know, and yeah, use the garage the wind, door. You know? Yeah. I probably should have done that instead of what I was trying to do because <clears throat> I was there for a, at least over a minute wrestling with my door and the pressure against it, just trying to get the sucker open so I can get inside the house. Then once I stepped in the house, you better believe I had to hang on to that door. Yeah, so stay, park out of the wind. Yeah. You know. The nice thing is I don't have to vacuum my floor anymore. No, no, that, that's, the back. Long, that, that's long gone. You're, any leaves you had are long gone, too. Men's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowboys with a home game tonight hosting Nevada-Las Vegas. The folks are coming off a 20-point home loss to Boise 
State on Saturday. So uh, maybe they'll do something remarkable tonight in a really a season that has been not very remarkable. 13 and 14 overall, 6 and 8 in Mountain West play. UW last in the Mountain West in defense, allowing 75 points a game this season. Opponents are shooting 46% from the floor, which is ninth out of 11 teams. UNLV comes into tonight's game with a record of 16 and 10, 9 and 5 in league play. The Rebels have won 7 of the last 8, so we'll see how it goes at the double A. 7 p.m. start tonight. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY and Laramie. Wyoming Cowgirls will be on the road tomorrow night at San Jose State. Cowgirls have lost four in a row after a tough overtime defeat to New Mexico on Saturday, so they're 14 and 12 overall, 9 and 6 in Mountain West play. The Cowgirls' only chance to make the NCAA tournament is to win the Mountain West Conference tournament. If they don't do that, there are not one but two big postseason tournaments that they'll probably play in, one or the other. The WNIT will have 48 teams, and the NCAA-sponsored Women's Basketball Invitational Tournament will have 32. So there's plenty of room for the Cowgirls in postseason play, but there's still a long way to go. That's an 8 p.m. start tomorrow night from San Jose. Boys high school basketball from Friday in 4A. Laramie over Cheyenne South, 77-51. Cheyenne Central edge Cheyenne East, 78-72. Sheridan nipped the throne of 53-51. And in 4A on Saturday... Rock Springs over Kelly Wall, 60-53. The 3A and 4A regional tournament start on Thursday. The 4A West will be in Green River with Star Valley meeting Kelly Walsh at noon on Thursday to start things off. The 4A East will be in Sheridan. Cheyenne Central plays Campbell County also at noon on Thursday, followed by Latrona and Cheyenne East at 1.30. Sheridan and Cheyenne South at 6.30. Laramie will play Thunder Basin at 8. Five really good teams in the East and 4A, but only four will make the state tournament. In 3A, Glen Rock will be in the East Regional in Rollins and will play Rollins in the opening round at noon on Wednesday. The State High School Indoor Track meet will be uh, begin on Friday and then continue on Saturday at the Campbell County Recreation Center in Gillette. Huge event with the 4A and 3A schools competing separately for the second straight year. And that's it in sports for now. Oh, I just, uh, just a thought here, Frank. Now, you have done this before. Yes. You've driven down to Casper and you've had a good stout wind at your back mm-hmm. and you notice how fuel efficient your car yeah, is. Yeah, and then the other, and then they go in the other way, the, 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 the yeah. gauge just goes. Okay. So I want to picture just, okay, we have winds that are gusting up to 80 miles an hour and you're driving down the highway at 80 miles an hour so how much do you think you're going to save on gas by the time no, you get no, to no, no it's not, not only that when there's a side wind oh i mean it's Lord, hard yeah. to keep the, yes. to keep oh, the yeah. vehicle in your lane i have a theory so you're coming from laramie you're driving to cheyenne on i-80 right? <laughs> well okay winds at your back okay. and you're heading downhill I think by the time you get to the bottom, you should have added gas. Yeah. Did, oh, quickly, did you read that the, there are two commercial airliners with the wind just recently went over 800 miles an oh, hour? Oh, yeah, I did see that. Yeah, 800, no, over that's 800. Not, that's not airspeed, that's ground speed because they're in the flow of that. Yes. Eight, oh, 830 man. or something like I that. I would have loved to have been on that airplane. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Of course, the snack segment of the flight would have been be really quick, short, yeah. but all right. Thank you, Frank. Let's wake up, Wyoming.